Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Today we're talking with Maestro Matteo Beltrami about Italian diction. This week, our texts come from two different operas, Gilda's Tutte le feste al Tempio from Rigoletto and Dorabella's Smani Implacabili from Così fan tutte. We talk about when an S should be voiced or unvoiced, imperfect verb endings, a little more about recitative, and Italian dialects. To find the texts for today's episodes, follow the links at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that for the next two weeks, I'll be in the United States giving some master classes. So rather than try to hurriedly get a few episodes done before I leave, I'll be taking the next two weeks off of the Diction Police. I want to make sure that I give you quality rather than something rushed and disorganized. But I'll be back on October 15th, raring to go. We're flipping things around a little this week and starting with a short interview because there's something you should know before our discussion. It's something that can be the bane of a singer's existence, rolling and flipping the R's in the front of the mouth. While some of us find it very simple, for some people rolling an R is extremely difficult, for others physically impossible. When I was in college, a very good friend of mine actually had surgery on his tongue. He couldn't roll his R's because his tongue was actually connected too close to his teeth on the bottom, so he had that connection clipped. It sounds terrible, and I'm not suggesting anyone else do it, but it worked for him. Other people find ways to make it sound like they're rolling their R's. I guess I always just thought that people who couldn't do it hadn't quite figured it out yet, because I always thought all Italians can roll their R's. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Maestro Beltrami can't roll his R's, which you'll notice as he reads his texts. Maestro Matteo Beltrami, a native of Milan, studied violin at the Conservatory in Genoa and conducting at the Conservatory in Milan. He's conducted throughout Europe and Russia, including the Staatsoper in Stuttgart, the Zemperoper here in Dresden, and the Hermitage Orchestra in St. Petersburg. And in 2008, he conducted La Cenerentola at Spoleto in Charleston. In addition to his conducting schedule, he also teaches at the Conservatory in Potenza and has judged several vocal competitions. We started off talking about the different accents in Italy. What I really wanted to ask you was, we had talked a little bit about your accent. You're, where are you from? Milano. And the accent there, you had said that there's some differences in the accents. Tell me. Sì, al nord, specialmente al nord, tutte le vocali, specialmente la E, è sempre chiusa. So all the vowels are, clo are closed up north, especially the E's are closed. Sì. Infatti, Firenze. <laughs> Firenze. Ma non è, è, è sbagliato perché in effetti è Firenze. Yeah. E io dico Siena. E Siena. So, because of his dialect, he says Firenze in Siena with a closed E, although it should be open. Nel nord, noi sbagliamo moltissimo le. le, le. Perché noi abbiamo tutti i dialetti mm -hmm. in Italia che sono hanno continuato a esistere e continuano a esistere ancora in molte parti d'Italia anche adesso. Many of the dialects of Italy remain even today. Per cui è stato scelto per l'italiano il fiorentino, mm -hmm. quando con l'unità d'Italia si è scelto che 
il dialetto fiorentino diventava la lingua. Yeah, like Hochdeutsch is in, in Hanover mm-hmm. in Germany. Ma non tutti lo parlano. Yeah. <laughs> e, e, e noi siamo rimasti, adesso parliamo l'italiano, ok? Ma eh, gli accenti, le chiuse, le aperte sono veramente molto, molto difficili da imparare. When Italy unified, they chose the accent of Firenze as the standard Italian language, just like, as I said, Hanover is the Hochdeutsch in Germany. But just because they made that decree doesn't mean that everyone has that accent, especially with the open and closed vowels, and these are hard for Italians to learn who grew up with a different accent. And we had also talked a little bit about R's, and because you have, you have a problem saying R, uh, and a lot of Americans have I problems. I don't have problem. No, you don't no, have a problem. No, I don't have nothing problem. The problem is, uh, the other has a problem to, to understand me. But I don't have a problem with that. Uh, uh, they are, don't make me nothing. And I, I, I don't do nothing exactly. to the art. It's not a problem for me. So, but I know a lot of Americans have problems with that sound as well. But you also said that up north in Italy too, because it's so close to France. Yes, yes. yes. The influence of the, of the French language comes in, right? I think yes, I think, sì, penso che sia, soprattutto eh, Lombardia e, e Piemonte, Piemonte yeah. tantissimo, Piemonte veramente... Yeah, especially in the Lombardia and Piedmont regions. E poi eh, in Italia, siccome molte persone famose, mm-hmm. eh, proprio torinesi, avevano gli agnelli, mm. i nostri, eh, avevano la R e parlavano... Uh, Crudele, not crudele, crudele, and accentavano molto, and è diventata famosa, è famosa, è molto cool, molto cool, molto cool in Italia. Cool. The last thing Matteo said was that there are many people in Italy who become famous for not being able to roll their R's, and it's actually become kind of cool. Not that I'm suggesting that people shouldn't keep trying to flip and roll their R's. I just wanted to show you that these are normal problems to have. As a performer, your goal should be that language comes out sounding right. I know some people who create an artificial flipped R by saying a soft D, T, or even an L sometimes. If you found something that works for you, please let me know because honestly, I have no good tricks for imitating that sound. As for the dialects of Italy, I recently coached an old friend who'd been working with an Italian who who wanted her to make diphthongs in words. He had her singing words with an open A like senza and sempre with a diphthong, senza, sempre. We both came to the conclusion that this must be his regional dialect because it's definitely not standard lyric diction according to the rule books. This is why we all need to study the rules, even as native speakers. We all have some kind of an accent in our native language that we usually try to avoid on stage. And if someone is telling you something that far off the rules, even a native speaker, then it's worth asking a few other opinions and checking out the rule books. Our first text is Tutte le feste al Tempio, from the second act duet in Rigoletto, one of Verdi's middle period masterpieces. The story for Rigoletto is based on Victor Hugo's play Le Roi Samuse, and apparently had such difficulty in passing the censors that Verdi almost gave up on it. Now this text that we're looking at today isn't an aria that can be taken to an audition, but I picked it because of some special diction points that come up here a lot, 
and that can be applied to many other areas. Tutte le feste al tempio, mentre pregava il Dio, bello e fatale un giovine offriasi al guardo mio. Se i labbri nostri tacquero, dagli occhi il cor parlò. Furtivo fra le tenebre, solieri a me giungeva. Sono studente e povero, commosso mi diceva, e con ardente palpito amor mi protestò. Partì, il mio cuore aprivasi, a speme più gradita, quando improvvisi apparvero color che m'han rapita, e a forza qui m'addussero nell'ansia più crudel. That was Tutte le feste al Tempio, read by Matteo Baltrami. And I picked this text actually specifically because usually an S between two vowels is voiced, like a Z. Yes. But it's not always voiced. Yes. In this case, offria si. Mm -hmm. Because it's si, offria. So it's okay. a reflexive, reflexive verb. Yes, yes. And then, uh, apriva si. Is the same the thing, same. right? And then, improvvisi. That one is not a, a verb, a reflexive verb, but is a word, improvvisi. So that one is voiced. Yes. So we have these two, these two that are unvoiced, and the improvvisi that stays voiced. And then ansia. This, okay, this brings me to another one. An S after a consonant, even a voiced consonant, in this case, ansia. Is it a voiced S or an unvoiced? Is it an S sound or a Z? Ansia, yes. Even after, no, it's because it's one of those things that, as Americans, yeah. after voiced consonants, we like to say another voiced consonant. So we would want to say ansia. Ansia. Mm. Exactly. No. <laughs> ansia. Ansia. <laughs> and this, actually, we had talked about this the other day with, uh, in, in uh, Don Giovanni. Yeah. The, the, the word balsam. Yes, balsamo. Because we would like to say balsam a no, lot. No. No, no, no. Balsamo. Yes, balsamo. Exactly. And I want, because we have um, offriasi and aprivasi, those are all, all of these verbs are in the imperfect tense. Something. Yeah. Um, and in those cases, we have this V, like, yes, usually yes. we have a V, like v. aprivasi. Yes, but this is, uh, uh, is, uh, uh, Contraction, I don't know. Contraction? Contraction, but form is poetic. Because normally it's offrivasi. But it's not because offrivasi in this case, but in this case, giungeva. But giungea, if the same, giungea, it's the same. But it's strange in the same text, okay, offrivasi and then. Giungeva. Exactly. Yes, it's very strange. And aprivasi too. And aprivasi, yes. But I, I think party il mio cuore aprivasi, aprivasi change because it's more the the, the syllable is stronger is, somehow. Yes. In this in this case in solieri a me giungeva o giungea giungea giungeva is with more more syllable more more of an accent to it then. Yeah. And this offriasi is very strange because belle fatale un giovane offriasi is it's set on the wrong rhythm. Yes. And maybe offri offrivasi al bad is changed the 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 
figuazione musicale change. The musical figure. Ophelia Wilde, it's very strange, it's Ophelia Wilde, because it's not with the accent of the, of the beat and the... Um, the language and the, the music don't yeah. line up. E ogni tanto capita in Verdi che, che ha queste cose con, con gli accenti spostati. Sì. Sì, sì. So what he says is every once in a while in Verdi you come across this word where the, the, the words and the music don't line up. I, and the same, è lo stesso commosso mi diceva, in the fair, sono studente povero, commosso mi diceva, is, uh, is, yeah. uh, is, uh, è, lo stesso, è lo stesso di offriasi, offriasi yeah. and then commosso mi, and commosso, ma eh, non è così in italiano, è commosso. Yeah, so he's saying but, that also with this commosso, the, the commosso on, yeah, the stress is actually placed wrong in the music, but the, the stress is on commosso instead yeah. of commosso, yeah. that the second syllable is actually the stressed syllable. È tutta fatta questa qua su, sull'accento spostato, offersi, furtivo. Furtivo, fra, yeah, yeah, furtivo. furtivo. So yeah, there are a lot of these words don't, don't are, are have the wrong, the wrong accent in the music. Furtivo instead of fu furtivo is yeah. written in the music. And because we're talking about these, these evas, giungeva, diceva, that that a vowel is always closed, right? It's uh, I think yes, but I, I, you can see, but non sono di Firenze, and <laughs> bisogna chiedere a, a qualcuno di Firenze. <laughs> ma, ma credo che sia giungeva, giungeva, diceva, yeah. and then. But in molti posti, in alcune regioni italiane, dicono diceva, yeah. diceva. Con, <laughs> ma no, ma credo che sia giusto diceva. Yeah. So what he's saying is that in his accent. He thinks it's very closed, but he but in his in your accent actually more vowels are closed. But there are cases, there are regions of Italy where people would say that vowel open diceva, but it's a dialect. It's not yes. right according to the rules. Well and just to talk about S's one more thing and one more time only because Germans start all of their words that start with an S with a Z with a voiced S, like Zant. But in, in Italian Words that just start with an S and a vowel, they'll never be voiced. It'll never be zono or zole. No. It's always. Yes, sono, sole. Yeah, there's no. Zono. <laughs> That's only Germany. Yes. I definitely wanted to make that point for the Germans who listen to the podcast because I often have to correct the S at the beginnings of Italian words here in Germany. German is the only language I know that has an initial S followed by a vowel that will be voiced. As I said before, word, a word like zant, zanft, zaft, zie, sich. In German, this initial S is always voiced. But not in Italian. Dove sono? Parisiamo. Sempre libera. This initial S followed by a vowel is always a real phonetic S. The unvoiced S in words like offriasi and aprivasi is something to really watch out for. It crops up often in unexpected places. The Duke in Rigoletto, for instance, has ogni saggezza chiudesi in the quartet and pur mai non sentesi in la donna mobile. These are both reflexive verbs from chiudersi, to shut oneself or withdraw, and sentirsi, to feel or to feel like. This is a place where knowing grammar is key to pronunciation. Usually, if a regular verb also has a reflexive counterpart, it'll be contained in the same entry in the dictionary. So always be sure to read through the whole entry when you're translating to see what other options might exist. 
The funny thing is, in Matteo's dialect, he actually would pronounce Ofria Z with a voiced S. So even though he knows the rule, you might have noticed that in the discussion he does voice it sometimes. But the rule is unvoiced. Ofria Z. I also wanted to reiterate that the, the imperfect verb ending Eva, which always is a closed E, is often truncated in, in operas to Ea. For example, the arias Tacea la notte and A non credea. In these cases, the A maintains its closed nature, even when that V is removed. Strangely, I can't find this rule in any diction books. Some talk about the Eva ending being closed, but only one mentions Tacea and Credea, but there it doesn't discuss that it's verbs or where it comes from. I think it's important to know also for translation purposes. If you're looking up a word with Ea at the end, it could be an imperfect verb. If, however, it's definitely not a verb, like the word for idea, idea, I-D-E-A, then the E is usually open, idea. Our second text is Zmania Implacabili, Dorabella's aria from Così fan tutte, one of the three Mozart da Ponte operas. Lorenzo da Ponte had one of the most interesting lives I've ever read about. From being Jewish by birth, to converting himself and his three sons to Roman Catholicism, eventually being ordained a Catholic priest, running a brothel in Venice and being banished for it, and in the end moving to America and becoming the first professor of Italian literature at Columbia College. He became a U.S. citizen, I think at age 79, and is buried in Calvary Cemetery in Queens. Ascostati, paventa il triste effetto d'un disperato affetto. Chiudi quelle finestre, odio la luce, odio l'aria che spio, odio me stessa. Chi schernisce il mio duol, chi mi consola? De, fuggi per pietà, lasciami sola. Smani implacabili che magitate, entro quest'anima più non cessate, finché l'angoscia mi fa moglie. Esempio misero d'amor funesto, darò le umeni di se viva resto, col suono libre dei miei sospiri. That was Matteo Baltrami reading Dorabella's aria, and we actually were discussing how to say this last verse to make the sentence make sense. Where, where sì, does the sentence go? Perché nella poesia l'ordine, perché se io dovessi leggere questo è se viva resto darò alle umenidi esempio misero d'amor funesto. Questo è l'ordine. If I am alive. I give to the Eumenidi an example miserable, I don't know, miser miserable. miserable of a fatal love. The fatal love, okay. exactly. But in eh, Italian, in poesia, ha spostato tutto. Okay? Yeah. È molto difficile quando eh, devo, devo leggerlo and, e trovare il filo. Exactly. Perché è, è tutto il contrario. Esempio misero d'amor funesto da Rolle Eumenidi se viva resto. Exactly. <laughs> tutto il contrario. Exactly. So, col suono libre dei miei sospiri. So what he's saying is that because of the way it's written as poetry, it's not exactly the way you would say it as a sentence. And so what he showed you there was how the sentence should be said if the sentence were going to make sense. And then to turn that around then in the Italian to make it make sense in the aria, you have to sort of figure out whether Daro yeah. Eliumenide, I will give this and then get to, I will give them a miserable example. So it's all backwards. The whole sentence yeah. is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but since we were talking about voiced and unvoiced S's, our esempio misero, those are both voiced S's, right? 
Esempio misero. So they're both z sounds. Yes. Esempio misero and smanie. That was the one I was going to get to. So we had when an s comes after a consonant. Yeah. That it's still an s, that it's still ansia. But in this case, because it comes before yes. a voiced consonant, it becomes smania. It becomes voiced. Yes. And that, that always works like in uh, Figaro, smargiasso. Mm -hmm. Smargiasso. It's the yes. same thing. Yes. So, so basically in front of a voiced consonant, an S will voice. Yes. In the recit, let's just yeah. talk about the recit for a second, because we have, uh, I've heard, sadly, far too often in my life, Oriolare Caspiro, Oddio me stessa. Oddio, oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oddio è to hate. To hate. Yes. Oddio, la luce, Oddio è with, con una D. Yes. Odio, odio, eh, eh, odiare. So with one D and as one word, yeah, see, it means odio, it's the, I odio. hate. I hate, I hate myself. Odio me stessa. So yeah. not odio. No. no. Effetto, affetto. Effetto, affetto. With, with all these double consonants, are they very important here? Yeah. F. Double F, perché eh, spesso è effetto, affetto. Eh. Yeah, it's all, he's saying often people don't do the double consonants there. And especially in Europa, F, and uh, when you have double uh, W, the, the double v. v, yeah, because noi non abbiamo yeah. la doppia W. Exactly, okay. avventura. Yeah, esatto, effetto, affetto, eh. avventura. Yeah, yeah, to really stop that sound. And yeah. actually, because we have the T's too, so effetto, it's, it's a lot of consonants in those two yeah, words. Yes, yes. Ma meglio la F, perché la doppia T, quando si canta, non sempre, effetto, and, e crea effetto, questo Ooh. e non in italiano no, allora, effetto. Exactly, so the, the double F is more important than the double T because if you double that T too much you end up actually stressing that last sound and then make, you end up making, the, a word, making a word with a wrong stress. Since we have this recitativo accompagnato here, could you talk to us a little about singing Mozart recitatives like this? I recitativi, specialmente in Mozart, seguono sempre la parola. Mm -hmm. La parola. È il modo migliore per capire il ritmo dei recitativi perché i recitativi hanno un ritmo loro interno, sì. che non è dato dal, dal metronomo come nella musica, come le arie, perché le arie hanno ta, 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 eh, e tu puoi cantare tutto. Sì. E, il, il ritmo lo dà la parola. Mm -hmm. Allora bisognerebbe prima leggerli il recitativo, perché poi specialmente in Mozart sono in musica, c'è cioè lo stesso ritmo che ci sarebbe nel, leggendoli. The best way to understand the rhythm of a recit is to find its own internal rhythm because there's no pulse as there is in arias or ensembles. Rhythm is given by the words. It's important to read the text first because the rhythm should be the same as it is in reading. Okay, per cui, ascostati, paventa il triste effetto d'un disperato affetto. E se tu lo ripeti, e ascostati, paventa il triste effetto d'un disperato affetto. E, 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 è veramente molto simile a, a leggere. So you can hear how similar it is sung to the spoken text. E se invece tu leggi un'aria lunge da lei per me non va diretto, vuole leggere uno, ok, e, e la canti, mi, e la musica 
è, è, è più importante e tante volte cambia magari uh, c'è, c'è una corona c'è una nota lunga di letto e, 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 e tu non diresti mai non va di letto no non va di letto ok mm-hmm. ma, ma nei recitativi invece e bisogna come si parlano bisogna cantarli mm-hmm. On the other hand, you can hear how in Alfredo's aria in Traviata there are different things that affect the language, fermate, tenuti. But in recitative, you should sing it as you, should, as you would speak it. Um, ascostati, paventa il triste effetto d'un disperato affetto. Chiudi quelle finestre. Odio la luce, odio l'aria che spiro, odio me stessa. Chi schernisce il mio duol? Chi mi consola? De, fuggi per pietà, lasciami sola. Ok, se, you, um, se tu leggi molto questo il, il, il recitativo, poi lo puoi cantare. Mm-hmm. Puoi cantare. I, i, è veramente molto importante sul recitativo. Yeah. If you read this or speak it through a lot, then you can sing it. It's very important in recits to speak the text often. Specialmente per Mozart. Rossini ogni tanto... Ogni tanto perché, ehm, perché venivano scritti molto in fretta, ci sono dei recitativi nella Cenerentola per esempio, hanno tutti gli accenti sbagliati, tutti sbagliati, <ride> ma perché venivano scritti così e sotto tra la e, 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 e allora nessuno si poneva il problema che fossero incolonnati giusti, perché la gente li parlava no? e yeah. chi accompagnava li accompagnava, allora venivano scritti molto velocemente con le note e sotto gli accordi, il basso, sì. e, e adesso se tu li vai a leggere proprio in maniera così, veramente nota per nota, sono tutti sbagliati, mm-hmm. ma sono sbagliati solo perché allora non, 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 non stavano a scrivere il recitativo, ma Mozart l'ha scritto proprio tutto ed è precisissimo, yeah. è precisissimo. But in Rossini, and Maestro Beltrami uses La Cenerentola as an example, he wrote the recit so fast that sometimes the accents are wrong. Italians would automatically correct it and then the accompanist would automatically follow the corrected language. But Mozart wrote recitatives very precisely, and the language comes first. So, we started off talking about the voiced S in Zmanie. I actually had a long discussion about this with someone a few years ago, specifically about this word, and smargiasso, because she was trying to correct the Susanna in our Figaro production. She insisted that because she had studied for a time in Italy, and had never sung smanie ever in her life, that the S wasn't voiced. But she was also Spanish-speaking, and in Spanish there are no voiced S's. So how much did her native language influence her pronunciation of Italian? Again. This is why we study the rules. The rule is that an S before a voiced consonant becomes voiced. This works for all of the voiced consonants, not just M. So we have zdegno, disdain, zgelo, thaw, and zgonfiare, to deflate. And it can also occur in the middle of words as well, such as disgrazia, misfortune, bisbigliare, to whisper, and the character name desdemona. And did you notice that in talking about recitatives, Matteo said, as I keep saying, as many of the guests here have, keep saying, that you should practice speaking the text. I keep coming back to it because it's a step that most people completely skip to their own detriment. Speaking the text isn't only about memory, it's also about finding the stressed words in the phrase, seeing the shape of the text, finding the rhythm of the language and using that to shape the music. It's all interrelated. And if I can just be on my soapbox for one more minute, 
writing the translation into your music isn't actually doing your homework. Often when I ask young singers what a word means, their answer is, oh, wait a minute, I wrote it in my book, let me see. Writing it in your music is a tool that helps you remember, but your homework is actually to know what the word means as you're saying it, not when you're looking at your music. So go back to rule number one about how to learn a song. Memorize the text as a monologue in both the original language and your own. It helps greatly in, in creating the shape of the music for you. And that's all for today. To find out more about Matteo Beltrami, or if you have any comments or questions for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that more people can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening, and in three weeks we'll be back with a new topic, Spanish Lyric Diction, with Chorus Master and Conductor Pablo Asante.